The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. In the face of unprecedented challenges to our food supply, such as out-of-control inflation, the mysterious destruction of several food processing plants throughout the United States, and a growing number of environmental disasters from hazardous chemicals, the need for preparedness and resilience has never been more important. Fortunately, there are voices of hope and inspiration that can guide us through these uncertain times. One such voice is Joel Saladin, a sustainable farmer and advocate who has spent decades pioneering innovative and regenerative farming practices. Joel's passion for sustainable agriculture began on his family farm in Virginia's Shenandoah Valley. After studying English and communication at Bob Jones University, Joel returned to the farm and began experimenting with new and innovative farming practices. Over the years, he has become a leading voice in the movement for sustainable and regenerative agriculture. Joel has written numerous books, given countless lectures and workshops, and become a go-to expert for anyone interested in building a more resilient and equitable food system. In this interview, we'll sit down with Joel to discuss his insights on how individuals and families can better prepare for food supply disruptions and other crises, as well as how sustainable agriculture can help build a more resilient and equitable food system. Whether you're interested in homesteading, building a more sustainable future, or simply being better prepared for the unexpected, Joel's wisdom and experience are in high demand right now. So get ready to learn from one of the leading voices in sustainable farming and food systems as we explore some of the most pressing issues of our time. If you're interested in being more self-sufficient, building a more sustainable future, or simply being prepared, better prepared for whatever may come, stay with us. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy. Get a 15-day free trial of FLFE today. We also have rebounders, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Veritas and Sanitas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. And directly from Virginia, I'd like to welcome Joel Salatin. Hello, Joel, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? I'm doing great, and it's a real honor and privilege to be with you. It is my honor, Joel. I've heard about you a few months ago, and finally we got, got you on here. And it's so timely, Joel, because what's happening right now around the world, especially here in the United States, with all these chemical spills the food processing plants mysteriously burning, the chickens not laying eggs. I'm so curious to know what your point of view of all of this is. Yeah, so, you know, I, I try to not be a conspiratist. Um, I, 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 you know, there's something about saying the word conspiracy that suddenly makes you look like a nut. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and certainly I'm not going to suggest that there aren't nefarious agendas. 
Uh, I'm old enough to know that, that there are some fairly untrustworthy movers and shakers on the planet. <laughs> and you don't have to be a 007 uh, aficionado to believe that. But uh, but but I think what we're seeing, you know, uh, when Joel Arthur Barker wrote the book Paradigms and essentially created the word, brought it to the world back in the late 1970s, one of his uh, one of his principles of paradigms is that every paradigm eventually exceeds its point of efficiency. And, I, you know, those of us who have been who have been sounding the alarm about everything from genetically modified organisms to the food pyramid, putting Cheerios, Cheerios as foundational um, uh, on the chart and, and watching the health nutritional debasement and the erosion and, and you know, high path avian influenza and a, and a new lexicon of, of, of terminology. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're over 50, you didn't grow up using the words salmonella, campylobacter, listeria. Uh, in fact, the phrase food allergy was not even in your vocabulary. If you wanted a, you know, a birthday party for kiddos, uh, everybody got together and had a birthday party. Now you got to spend two hours calling each mom and saying, well, what's your kid allergic to? What can we serve? What we can't, you know, so, so we're seeing this, this, uh, a general degradation, uh, and I would suggest that it is the beginning. It is the beginning of the collapse of the um, the chemical, mechanical, industrial food system, and uh, and so it's 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 showing its ugly head in you know numerous points of disarray and dysfunction. But uh, you know, nature has certain laws. Uh, you know, there, there's a reason why an elephant is the size of an elephant is and a mouse is the size of a mouse is. A mouse the size of an elephant wouldn't be a very successful mouse, and an elephant the size of a mouse wouldn't be a very successful uh, elephant. So uh, so this idea that, that, that we can fundamentally, um, you know, uh, fiddle with fiddle with nature without any thought to ethical moral natural boundaries or protocols is um you know can, can land us in some hot water you said something interesting about allergies because i've always wondered the same thing growing up i hardly saw anybody with allergies maybe here and there but as you said now you have to call every mother when you have a birthday party to ask, is it peanuts? Is it this? Is it shellfish? So why right. do you think there has been a, such a dramatic increase in allergies in recent years? And what factors do you see as contributing to this trend? Yeah, well, I, I don't think that we know definitively what all the things are. But I, I will say this philosophically. Philosophically, when you when you commit violence against a system— uh, to a certain extent, that system begins to fight back. If if I punch you in the nose, chances are uh, you're gonna you're gonna punch me in the nose or somewhere else. And and so so what we've done is we have taken um, a, a beautiful uh, uh, creation oriented platform, if you will, a, a biological platform that I believe life is fundamentally biological. And we have we have taken that platform and gone into it like a bunch of swashbuckling conquistadors 
and uh, and adulterated it, abused it. We've we, we've confined our animals in con- concentrated animal feeding operations where they they live, uh, eat, and sleep in their toilet. Uh, it stinks to high heavens. They're breathing in fecal particulate all the time. You know, if, if we wanted to, uh, if we wanted to create a pathogen friendly system, you know, we, we would create what we've got in American agriculture. And then, and then of course, you know, we've got, instead of, uh, uh feeding the soil with, uh, with carbon, with de- decomposing, decomposing, uh, vegetable material, you know, we're, we're dumping, uh, chemical fertilizers in it, petroleum based chemical fertilizers, treating the soil as if it's some sort of a, uh, inanimate something to just be to be held up with uh, intravenous uh, injections of chemical fertilizers. And then you have the pesticides, the herbicides, and now the genetically modified organisms, the GMOs. Uh, every day there's another study coming out about about uh, how, you know, GMOs are not the same as their counterparts in, you know, in the rest of the system. And and so, you know, I, I don't know that I can put my finger on one thing, but but I, I can tell you that we have we have disrespected, I'll just say this, we have disrespected life. And when you disrespect life, uh nature bats last. And I think that we're starting to see the uh, you know that kind of of uh balancing of the biological balance sheet, if you will. You know, the these these words, you know, uh Campylobacter, Listeria, uh all these words that we now say with just everybody knows them, you know, I would suggest that these words are nature basically um you know, kneeling before our assault saying enough, you know, uh you know, enough chemicals, enough animals crammed in one house, enough fecal particulate fecal particulate breathing into my mucous membranes uh you know enough adulteration in the system and and that's where we are i'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment because i'm sure some of my listeners are going to wonder without industrial agriculture how would we be able to produce enough food to feed a growing global population especially giving soil degradation and and other environmental factors yeah well there's a, that's one of my favorite questions, and it's the most common question. The, the the most common question is, can this actually feed the world? Can we feed the world without chemicals and industrial agriculture? And the second one is next to it, which is, even if we could, can we afford it? So let, let's deal with the, can we actually feed the world this way? You have to realize that right now, roughly 40% depending on who you know what statistic you look at but somewhere between 40 and 45% of all human edible food on the planet is being discarded is being thrown away that has never happened in history uh we are we are throwing away more food than at any time in human history so there is certainly not a lack of food nobody in the world is hungry because there's not enough food I mean, the people are hungry. Yes, don't get me wrong. They're hung- but they're not hungry because there isn't enough food. They're hungry because, you know, uh, there's some warlord not letting a, a truck cross a, a Pakistani, uh, you know, ledge or there's, you know, there's some extortion or corruption or whatever going on uh, in, in an area or or just simply negligence. But uh, anyway, there there is plenty of food. That That's number one. Number two. Uh, and this is, I think, the, the the critical thing to understand. 
that the 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 biological approach uh, took a backseat to the chemical approach because World War One, World War II, the war efforts developed the 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 war effort financed and developed the chemical industry. We make bombs out of nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. Those are the three foundational fertilizers used in chemical agriculture, nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. That's what Justice von Liebig in 1837 as an Austrian chemist using vacuum tubes tubes determined uh, constitutes all of life, that all plant and animals are simply a reconfiguration of NPK. This began us down a path of a mechanistic view toward life as opposed to a biological view toward life, which which uh, got a, a, a huge benefit from World War I, World War II, where NPK were the foundations of ammunition. When the wars were over, we had massive stockpiles. We had a shortage of... of um, of labor because a lot of these farmers, you know, lost a son in the war or had one maimed or injured or whatever. And so you come to 1946, 47 and uh and and the farmers presented a little bag of of 10 10 10 chemical fertilizer basically left over from the ammunition piles for the war effort which paid for the mining, the distribution, the 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 chemistry, the manufacture, the uh the, the marketing and made it very, very cheap, as opposed to compost, which Sir Albert Howard brought to the world in 1943, right in the middle of World War II. And, and he presented to the world a whole different pathway, which was a, a, a carbon-based, a, um, a decomposition carbon-based system, which is, of course, how nature preserves uh, preserves its, its abundance. And so, you know, you're a farmer in 1946, you lost one son, one son's, you know, injured and presented with the choice of either shoveling, 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 or putting on a little bag of cheap uh, uh, chemicals, which would you choose? So, you know, uh, uh, be gentle on old grandpa there, you and I in the same position may have chosen the same thing. Well, what happened was that it took a couple of decades for Sir Albert Howard's composting scientific composting method to to uh, um to get all the pieces around it that would make it efficient things like like chainsaws chippers black plastic pipe to deliver water to compost piles uh front end loaders uh a pto power takeoff powered um manure spreaders and tractors a little four-wheel drive uh tractors that didn't come for about 20 years by that time the chemical approach was entrenched and has now simply become uh, the, the orthodoxy of the day. The truth is, here's the truth, cut to the chase. If we had had a Manhattan Project for compost, not only would we have fed the world, we would have done it without three-legged salamanders, infertile frogs, and a dead zone the size of Rhode Island in the Gulf of Mexico. That was a strong statement right there makes me want to go to Ohio and find out for myself what's happening in East Palestine right now. What do you think are the long-term effects, the long-term effects of what we're seeing there? Yeah, well, um, I, 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 you know, I don't live there and all I, all I know is the, you know, the news reports that I'm seeing, I am, I am hearing from some farmers in the area, unfortunately, who 
are are struggling now. Uh, their customers are leaving them because they're afraid their you know their their food is going to be tainted. Um, so I, I will tell you this: I, I I don't I don't you know I haven't visited. I don't know any more than anybody else. And uh, you know my my trustworthy my my <laughs> my news my news trustworthiness is um, is uh, fairly low these days. Uh, but I, I will tell you that uh, that organic matter is the Alka Seltzer. It's the buffer. It's the it, it's the the sponge of the earth. And my favorite story on that is the Lufke family in Austria when Chernobyl blew. When Chernobyl blew, that radioactive cloud came down across Belarus and then ended up down in Austria and kind of kind of finished there in Austria in the truck farming region. Uh, so there was a lot of cabbage. Was, this, this was Austria after all, so, you know, cabbage and and a lot of uh, uh, vegetables there in that region. And all the vegetables were radioactive, had to be destroyed. But when they checked the soil, there was only one farm that, that could immediately plant, didn't have any radioactivity in the soil. And it was the Lufke family uh, due to the fact that they had been using uh, a compost and it had built up the organic matter in the soil over 20 years. And so the organic matter acted as a buffer for these things. And so, um, and realize that all chemical fertilizers burn out organic matter in the soil. They make the microorganisms cannibalize each other, trying to stay alive. And it actually, it actually, uh, not only does it sterilize, it also, um, it also hardens and and burns out that organic matter. So on our own farm, just so you you know wh- how this can be done, on our own farm, uh, in 1961 we averaged 1% organic matter. Today we average over 8% organic matter. So you can move organic. I mean, uh, uh, the, the U.S. North America before the Europeans came, averaged average somewhere between six and eight percent organic matter i mean you know you, you you can never have as much organic matter out on the coast where it's sandy uh you have higher organic matter you know where it's north and colder but anyway average somewhere uh between between you know four to seven eight percent um and, and and today you know the whole uh, north america averages you know about one percent organic matter. So we have lost this 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 softening, buffering, uh, toxin absorbing uh, capacity in the soil. You know there are all sorts of microbes and fungi and protozoa that eat chemicals that eat toxins. That's the way nature works. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, for example, methanotrophic bacteria, methanotrophic bacteria. Uh, can pull down, we talk about cows, you know, cows burping and it's going to destroy the planet. Well, uh, healthy soil has enough methanotrophic bacteria in it to pull down the methane generated by a thousand cows per acre. Well, nobody's going to have a thousand cows per acre. The problem is methanotrophic bacteria goes dormant at under 4% organic matter. So nature has tons of, of safety valves, of protections built in uh, and, and and we just have to facilitate, encourage, respect, honor, and build those rather than destroying them. I think you're mentioning nutrients in the soil, and apparently because of industrial agriculture, using pesticides and chemicals, 
That's killing the worms. That's killing all these things that create maybe sulfur, for example. But what is your opinion on the relationship between soil health and human health? And and do you believe that nutrient deficiencies in the soil are contributing to health issues like we see in the United States, obesity? Uh, Yes. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.